Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. And I'm Rachel. And we are uh, together actually in a setting of Christmas right now. Yes. And it's nice to actually get together. Although Zoom has worked for us. So. Zoom's been great. Yeah. To so. wear pajama bottoms and a nice shirt. Nobody knows the difference. That's right. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to wear bottoms? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's another podcast. Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, and something new that we have is we have some young people with us. We do. And young people and live guests. Yes. We haven't had that for a while either. Right. <laughs> I think they're real anyway. They, they do look real. And uh, it's nice to have just people sitting around the table. And, uh, and the reason that they're here is, well, they've got stories for us, like live stories that have actually happened to them. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Yeah. Well, this right. is exciting. Who am I talking to? We got mom here, right here. Teresa and your name? Brielle. Brielle and? Jax. Jax. Okay. We won't say exactly where you're from, but from generally this area. And uh, you've got uh, maybe a paranormal story or two to tell us? Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> um, you could say it runs in the family. Oh, is that yeah, right? Yeah. So Okay, so this is something, before we get started, this is something that you have um, believed in since a young person in the paranormal? Or? Yes. Yeah. Um, my dad could see ghosts his whole life. So mm. when I was growing up, all of our ghost stories were things that happened to my dad. Mm. And that included his mother. Because some of the things happened were stories that happened to him when he was very young that was mostly taken care of by his mother and then him. And then I had experiences. And then when my niece, who is now 33 years old, was young, we figured out that she could see things. And then it just keeps going and going. (laughs) And to Brielle. Yeah. That's right. So uh, this is something that have you told, say, Brielle and Jax not not to be afraid of this sort of thing or yeah actually when i was little i used to tell them that ghosts were like ladybugs right that they wouldn't hurt you and they're around all the time and Mm -hmm. sometimes you see them and sometimes you don't tell us uh then maybe some uh current stories maybe not current but maybe a story or two that has happened generally to you um I think the biggest story that happened to me is I lived in a house in Toronto where there was a lot of activity, specifically Mm -hmm. in my room. Yeah, like I would hear um, one of the things that that was the most clear to me that I could never explain is that I was doing a co-op for college once and I had borrowed, it was at at a nonprofit organization and I was going to be facilitating a workshop the next day and I had borrowed a plastic toolbox full of markers. And I brought it up to my room and I went to bed. I'm the only person that rented that room. And I went to bed and I could hear the markers moving. And I was, I don't know if I was in denial or if I was just really comfortable with it. But my first thought was like, what if there's an animal in that box? Like, which was silly. Why would there be an animal in that box? (laughs) So I turned the lights on and I opened up the box and it was just a regular plastic toolbox. And I opened it up. Nothing's in there. And I left it like that. And then I went back to bed and the sound was louder. 
So it was the distinct sound of somebody rifling through like Crayola magic marker, like, you know, you know, like markers, you know, those big ones, the sound of people sorting through them. And, um, yeah, I had to, I had to actually go put it downstairs because it was too distracting for me, but I would hear noises in my room all the time. I had a beanbag chair and I would hear it being squished at night, like the styrofoam beads being pushed Mm -hmm. all the time and then things falling off of shelves. And my sister has seen quite a bit. So she actually came to visit me while I was there. And I recall that she wouldn't sleep in that room alone because she had a dream that there were three spirits up there and they didn't want her in my room without me. Hmm. So, so like that. do you believe then, uh, because you were more or less when you were young, you had believed in paranormal, you had brought this, mm-hmm. do you believe that the spirits may be attracted to you? Um, that's what my dad used to tell me. Right. He, he thought I was a bit of a ghost magnet. Right. But, yeah. Because uh, I know just doing this program that uh, we sometimes think maybe it's not the place that is haunted, yeah. but mm-hmm. and not saying you're haunted, <laughs> but uh, just saying that you attract yeah. you attract them. Mm-hmm. I have had experiences like all over, so I don't know if it's a sensitivity or if they're attracted to me or how like how that dynamic is. Yeah. So it was kind of making noises. You figure mm-hmm. that it was it was not going to hurt you, though. No, no, I never felt. I would talk to it. I would just say, like with the st- with the beanbag thing, I was just like, "I'm sleeping. Can you quiet down?" And it would quiet down. Mm-hmm. And then I would have other small things. Um, um, again, I was fundraising in New York City, and we were um allowed to sleep in a church, but like the church, like this the sanctuary part of the church was locked, and I had my hands up against the door, and like I saw a presence coming up the aisle and then the door pushed me from the inside when there was like clearly nobody there things like that and it's just like the more i sit and think about it the more i remember but i think because things like that happen so regularly that i just they just happen they're just part of life it's it's just part of it yeah whereas my dad and brielle especially and jacks are much more visual yeah they have more visual Mm -hmm. experiences than i do right so you would be more of the the sensitive Mm -hmm. uh the auditory, like hearing, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, as well as touch. Yeah. Real, how old are you? Eleven. Eleven, and Jax is? Fourteen. Fourteen. All right, so you grew up with this. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, does it scare you at all? Or? No. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> Has uh, it ever but, scared you? No. Real and Jax, I mean, you go to school, I mean... Do the other kids ever talk about this, or do you ever talk to about to them? Yeah, I did once or twice. Do they believe, or? Yeah, they did. Because one of my friends' room, one of them, their room was haunted by someone. Mm-hmm. I talk about it with my friends a lot, though, because mm-hmm. um, me and like th- three of my other friends, we had a paranormal thing happen like with us together. So we were like camping in the backyard like us for and we were like doing all normal like camp stuff where like we had like campfire and we were like roasting marshmallows and then after a while we got tired and we went to the tent and so basically we had two people in the middle and then one of my friends was on on one side and I was on the other and we're just like talking and stuff and then like my two friends go silent really quick <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're like 
and they like said we we see something up in the sky so we all like kind of huddle together and like look up because we had like a window type like a screen Mm -hmm. and we all like looked up and like there was these moving objects that were like they weren't moving like airplanes or anything and they didn't look like them they were moving like in like straight lines like diagonal ways but like they weren't moving in like a normal pace they were like going wherever and there was at least seven of them and after like watching them for at least 10 minutes we saw one of them had a light beaming from it and it was a clear sky so there was like nothing else there sometimes they were really fast they wouldn't like go off into the distance and we couldn't see them they would literally disappear and like poof out of nowhere there there was like a a small light in the middle and behind it there was a shadowy triangular figure so was this very high in the sky or kind of it looked like it was at least like we could see the triangular figure so like it was pretty close Mm -hmm. it was probably higher than an airplane right but not like too too high and um gotta figure about the size of it would have been huge if it would have landed or or been close to the ground right? yeah wow. and whenever i talk to the uh, about this with my friends and my other friends who weren't there over here they always think we're crazy and- i saw them the next day like they all came in my house and they're like we saw ufos <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. they all kind of like corroborated the same story yeah and it hasn't really wavered much just that there was like a bunch of them and that they were right. it's almost like they would zip so fast it's like they were disappearing and reappearing and yeah yeah i think uh Possibly, too. I mean, in in that case, in in a lot of cases with uh, UFOs, you've actually seen some odd stuff as well in the skies. Yes. I think they want to be seen, Mm -hmm. you know, and they'll do this dancing or they'll do this, you know, Mm -hmm. if they know you're watching. And I think they probably get a vibration or something Mm -hmm. that they know you're watching. I mean, I'm not a pro on this, but it's uh, just of the stories that I've heard. And this one seems to match up to a lot of them that... Also, the fact that we live in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. makes it like feel li- like it would probably be a bit more real because they would think yeah. that whatever was up there would probably think that less people would see them if they were in the countryside. Right. Also, there's less light pollution yeah. right, than in a city, so That's we right. would be able to see yeah. them better. Right. I had actually seen something strange in the sky. I was like living overseas and... In terms of light, like, it was the Atlantic Ocean to the east and to the west. There was, like, very remote land to the north. um, And the nearest city was probably 250 kilometers away. And the only light there was, um, it was a generator that generated a handful of lights in some houses. So it was, there was a lot of stars and I was laying on my back and I saw these two lights in the sky and they came together and it's almost like they were at an intersection and then one turned up. So it's like, the, but it was so far away, they couldn't have possibly been near each other, if that makes sense. Like, they looked like stars. I was at our house a couple of years ago looking at the sky, at the stars, and I saw something really similar, and it reminded me of that. And then, um, probably a couple of weeks later, I happened to do like a phone call with a psychic medium who said to me, um, You saw something in the sky the other night. And I'm like, Yeah. And she's like, Yeah, that, those are UFOs. Hmm. And like, I hadn't prompted it, I hadn't asked. Yeah. Right. Let's get back to uh, some ghost stories. Who has one for me? You got one? Yeah. I was um, on a field trip to a place that used to be like a poorhouse, but then there was like a bunch of ghosts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were going 
upstairs and supposedly the most haunted room had like this you know like in museums they have like this little model and stuff like of what the beds would have looked like what the toys would have looked like the shelves kitchen stuff like that what it would have looked like when i walked in it was like i got like a headache and like a stomach ache and stuff and i hadn't had like milk because i'm lactose intolerant Mm -hmm. i hadn't had anything like that and when i walked out it just like kind of like went away so I was like, I'm not going back in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this, like, the same day as we were going to up the stairs, um, we went past the storage room, and this room had, like, stacked chairs. And so I was uh, I was looking around because we were going upstairs. I wanted to see what was, like, all around. And on these stacked chairs, there's not exactly an old person, kind of age of my mom's. Mm-hmm. With, like, their hair up kind of like that, like a braid yeah. kind of like that. Right, you do a they had, like, a, a, not, like, exactly a wrinkle, like a coat. Mm-hmm. And they were just kind of, like, sitting up there. And when, then we went upstairs. There's also, like, a bunch of footsteps upstairs. Uh, I asked if there was anyone up in the attic. And they were like, no, no one's there. There's no construction. And yet there were, like, giant footsteps. Like, literally hear it. Yeah, and... So we went past the storage room again, and the person who was there was gone. It was, it was just a coat there. Oh, that's something else. And that, that place is, uh, you know, like we got to get Rachel over yeah. there. To you see, you uh, know the haunted, the most haunted room you're talking about? That's mm-hmm. the that's the room I got the headache and the stomach ache in. Right. Yeah. Uh, that part, I believe, used to be the hospital wing of oh, that yeah. building. Yeah. So, there was uh, like beds in the hallway. Yeah. Really crammed. <laughs> well, it makes sense if you got a stomach ache and a headache there. Yeah. In, yeah. The, in the hospital ward. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, a lot of people there were also asking if anyone was murdered. No, they just died. They just died. There was a lot of people that had, mm-hmm. had passed away there. And there is a, uh, a cemetery um, not too yeah. far, a little pathway that leads over to the cemetery. And, yeah. and it's all marked with all the people that passed away at this poor house. Yeah, that whole uh, area of Fergus and Alora is a lot of stories. There was a lot of, uh, what would we say, medical experimentation mm, going yes. on. And yeah. a lot of it was done at that at the place that you were at, the mm-hmm. museum there. Yeah. So I have no doubt that you saw and things (laughs) also i knew it was like kind of like normal because i've seen like shadow people jump out at me so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. one time i was like nine years old i was getting ready for bed and i went in the bed and i could not go to sleep and there's like a hook on my door and there's like a thing hanging from it like a black figure thingy and then it was there for like one second this one second later it was like standing at the edge of my bed Mm -hmm. wow yeah and it just went away and then there's another one, like, a few months later that was kind of like, you know, when you're in those movies, when you're, like, alone and crying, you're just kind of like that with your knees. Mm-hmm. Like, you put your arms together, mm-hmm. you put your knees in your arms, yep. like that. Yeah, and then once I saw it, it went away. I, I would say that Braille has, at times, been afraid after seeing the shadow people. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Yeah. But, but yeah. when they were, when, when Braille was about nine, yeah. So have you had any shadow people lately? Yeah. Yeah, and do you tell them to go away or? No, I just let them stay. Like, you let them stay, and they don't bug you. Yeah. I have what? a few stories too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, I, as far as I'm concerned, neither of them have experienced this, and my mom thought it was the wind once, and this re- it 
it is regarding my door specifically because my door has a thing where the hinge like it, it can't close i can literally walk into my door and it will open because it it won't like completely close which i'm just used to at this point like it won't latch mm-hmm. but um every so often specifically out there in the middle of the day um i will hear like running up and down like the hallway because we have like a hallway that goes like an l shape and my room is at the end of the hall and sometimes like my door will randomly close and open and close and open because it can be easily done and i'm pretty sure it's like a younger kid Mm -hmm. that will like randomly just play around when i hear like footsteps like i can tell between like an adult and a kid and it's like it's like fast but like it's light footsteps right do you feel any emotions or anything like that not really sometimes Mm -hmm. like for a while at night i would like i would feel weary in my room and i'd like I would purposely, like, I would have to, like, either keep it open or have a light on. I felt like if I didn't, it just wouldn't work out. Do we have a, a history on this house at all? Do you? It's 126 years 28. Yeah, also, to follow up on what Jack said about the kid thing, mm-hmm. one time, like, maybe one or two years ago, maybe even, like, one year ago in a few months, um... I was in my room and I had like these little lip balms and stuff and I was putting on some lip balm of this little palette and um, I was wearing kind of like a low dress up to like kind of mm-hmm. like a little bit above my knee mm-hmm. and I I like feel like a little tug like, like a little tug and I was I turned around and nothing was there it wasn't my cat or anything I my first thought was not like oh my god it's a cat my first thought was like oh it's like kid ghost so what I did was I put all my little makeups and stuff on a on a chair. I closed them all, keep that in mind. And then I think I went somewhere, came back more like later in the evening and all of the little things were like opened. The main thing I've seen in that house is um, I've, our kitchen is about the size of this room in length. Mm-hmm. And I was standing at a counter and I was probably a good six to seven feet away. And I looked over across the room and our cupboard doors have on our our kitchen cabinets have a habit of not latching and opening and it's because it's an old house so the floors are not 100 Mm percent level so sometimes they'll unlatch and they'll kind of swing open a little bit right like they won't latch properly but there was one door that was open and these kids know it's my pet peeve to walk into the kitchen and see all the cabinet doors open right (laughs) to me it makes it look like 100 percent messier in there And I was standing across the kitchen and I was the only one there and I saw a cabinet door like slowly close and latch. Wow. Yeah, these cabinets are like, they have like the magnet on the end and you have to really like make sure that magnet connects before it actually latches. I was told that our house was originally built by a blacksmith. So Mm -hmm. I did do some research. This was pre-COVID and then during COVID, like I would have had to go to the Wellington archives to find more info. And I haven't done that yet because it was like Mm -hmm. closed and open sporadically for so long. Um, But I did some research online and I figured out that whoever the blacksmith was um, lived in that area for a while, had a couple of children, the children died. I did find the, the gravestone of his wife and him and another child in Toronto. So I'm thinking at some point they left the area. Right. And I can imagine in the early 1900s, it wasn't an easy place to live. And if I have two stories from like when I was really younger. Mm-hmm. My mom knows one of them, but one of them, she doesn't. 
So one of them was when I was younger, I had like a type of like loft bed that had like a pull-out desk and stuff. And I remember one night I would like I woke up abruptly because I had had a bad dream and when I sat up from my bed something slapped me across the face. Yeah, that was yeah. this was at like a house in Waterloo when I was around 8 or uh-huh. 7. Wow. Like, I remember it specifically because, like, I just sat up and, like, immediately I just got a slap across the face. And I don't know why. Don't and the other one, so I was at a day camp when I was younger and with my friends. And it was in one of, it was, like, my, the first swimming lessons pl- building I've ever been to. And I remember I went to camp upstairs and my friends and I, we were being, like, kids. And we were, like, in the hall and we were randomly staring at a piece of paper because it had a dot on it. And while we were staring at it, while it was in, like, it had a, like, a plastic case because you could pull the piece of paper out because, and it had a thing on it. And, but the side we were looking at was blank. It had a dot on it. So we were playing around and while we were staring at it, it flipped around while it was in the case. And us being children, we didn't think it was a ghost. We just uh, got super scared and thought there was a magician in the building somewhere. Now, with with young younger kids, um, they seem to pick up on spirits a lot mm-hmm. more. Did you notice that with these with your kids? We were driving. This was a few months ago. We were driving on County Road Twelve, so we we're driving north, and um, one of them was looking out the window and just said. I just saw a person on the side of the road with no head going like this, like with swinging their arms back and forth. <laughs> and then the other person said, you saw that too? <laughs> <laughs> and I like was driving. So yeah, I, I was yeah. yeah. but I, I did have one experience with Brielle that she doesn't know about. And this was during the time when Brielle was having some fear around the shadow <laughs> people in her room. And I stopped outside her door one night and I just... She was sleeping and she was in her bed and I could see her from where I was standing and I just got a feeling. So I just stood at the edge of her door and I just like, cause I, I have developed the tools for clearing a room, mm-hmm. right. And dealing with that kind of thing. So I started doing that. And as soon as I started doing that, Brielle just started tossing and turning in bed, like over and I over. She went from being them. still, you know, <laughs> like, but I never told her that because she was so scared at the time that I didn't want her to be more scared. So yeah. Yeah. You should tell the one this about is- me being three in the basement. Oh, just that Jax was in the basement in one of our houses when, when it was about three or four. And we were at the front door. Yeah. We were going somewhere and Jax was in the basement telling someone to stop talking to her. I actually had in, in my house when I was growing up, I had a, my mom still has it, a black and white photograph of my mother's profile, like her face her from the shoulders up that was taken when she was about 17 And it always hung on the wall. And when I was little, I used to stare at it and it would move. I would watch it move. Yeah. So it would, it it would tilt its head and she, like, I could see her eyes move back and forth and I could see like she had diamond earrings on and I was almost like they were sparkling. And this was a picture of? My mom. Of your mom. Wow. And I, um, and I, I never told anybody because I was a kid and I just thought, well, this is just a thing I do. Right. And I, Mm -hmm. it didn't occur to me to tell anybody. So I would lay there and watch it. And it'd be all fascinated. And then um, when my nephew was about, when he was about eight or nine, so this was like maybe 18, 17, 18 years ago, my brother told me that he had to have a picture of his mother taken out of his room because he said the picture was talking to him at night. Oh, wow. (laughs) 
So, and then I told people about the picture of my mom and I'm like, that picture used to talk, used to move. And then I found out that my, it used to scare my sister and that my brother refused, one of my other brothers, because I have three of them, one of my other brothers refused to look at it for the exact same reason. So we had all experienced this picture moving and hadn't told each other. Mm. I was the only one who like would just stare at it fascinated. I think that things can hold energy. Mm. And um, my mom told me that when she was having that picture taken, the photographer was being very picky on how she tilted her face and was getting like minute, like just making her shift back and forth in very Mm -hmm. small movements. And she was getting really frustrated. She was actually quite annoyed when she had that picture taken because he was very mm-hmm. being very picky and he wasn't satisfied yeah. so it had a negative uh, yeah. energy too yeah so yeah. she was like moving her head back and forth these little tiny movements and getting frustrated with him yeah yeah and she'd never told us that she never had a reason to until we started yeah. talking about it oh yeah. and also the picture is still there it still moves it still moves does it, still it? Moves. my dad passed away in may of 2020 and I have a wristwatch. I don't have the band anymore, but the face of the wristwatch I've had for many, many years. He had it when I was little. And I used to like put my ear on it when I was little and listen to it tick. It's a wind up watch. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for many, many years. And then the night he passed away, I went up to my room and I took it out and I just happened to wind it and it started ticking again. And it ran for like a few more days. Mm-hmm. And then about, I would say it's about a month after he passed away. So, well, after he passed away, things got really busy and my mom forgot to wind his cuckoo clock, which is an old, like, my dad loved clocks, mm-hmm. right? Germany. Yes. So he bought it in Germany in, like, the 1980s. And it was, it's his baby, right? And it's, like, the old-fashioned kind Doesn't with the chains. Doesn't he have children? Yep, the, yep. The chains, the chain down. Yep, to... And the weights are, like, pine cones. And yep. she forgot to wind it. And then she was kind of upset. She's like, I don't know how to set it. Mm-hmm. He never taught me. And I, well, that's what my mom said. And I said, well, he taught me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was kind of like, why did he teach you and not me? And I think it was preservation. I think he knew when I was a kid that I might touch it. So yeah. he wanted to teach me how to do it. So you have to like push a lever up on the side to stop the cuckoo, wind it, set it, and then turn the cuckoo back on or else the cuckoo will be out of sync mm-hmm. with the hour. So we wound it and set it and got it working again. And then about a month after he had passed... I was at work again. So it was, I guess it must have been end of June, beginning of July. I got a voice mail on my phone and it's my mom. And she's like, it's not an emergency. I just need you to call me right away. <laughs> and I'm, I called her right away. And she's like, it's okay. I got a hold of your sister. Because apparently my mom needed wanted to know how to make a video on an iPad. Because technology was new to her. She got an iPad to do stuff. Because... Um, so the backstory in this cuckoo clock is that over time with wear and tear, it had broken down. They took it to a clockmaker and they got the cuckoo working again. But there was these little people that danced in a circle on the hour. Yeah. And in order to fix those little people, they had to fix the bellows. And the parts and labor and transport at that time at the shipping would have cost like hundreds of dollars. And they didn't have that much money to invest in the cuckoo clock. So they got it working. They got the cuckoo working. But it was always on my dad's bucket list to get like this clock completely working. So mm-hmm. she took a video because all of a sudden the cuckoo cuckooed the hour and the little people started dancing. Oh wow! And they had not danced for about fifteen years. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and still to the best of our knowledge, the parts to make them work had broken. And then all of a sudden they started working again, and they still are. And, and this is why we do this podcast is uh, because people 
relate to these stories mm-hmm. and then you know they yeah, may absolutely. come on and mm-hmm. talk with us exactly. because uh, it's yes. like well we've experienced the same thing mm-hmm. you know like yeah yeah and clocks can play i took a parapsychology class in college Mm-hmm. And our professor was originally a sociology professor that worked in the that taught in the nursing department, and she was having all these nursing students come up to her with these unexplainable stories of things that were happening while they were doing their internships, like are working in hospitals, and she didn't have answers for them. So she started t- studying parapsychology to try and find answers mm-hmm. for these questions that her students had. And clocks were a big thing, like a lot about clocks stopping when people passed and stuff like that. Yeah. Any anything else that you guys want to add? I do have one more. When I was younger, and whenever we would like go to um, gym, we would like change in the girls' change room. There was always creepy stuff happening in there. Specifically, when mostly when me and my friends were in there. So, for like for example, there was like one day, there was like a piece of paper that just was randomly there for some reason. It had a picture of some weird, creepy lady. And it said, beware of, like, ghosts and something else creepy on it. But that wasn't the big part. It was like, we would hear sounds in the ceilings, in the, in, in the ceiling, and there was blood also on the ceiling. And there was always one tile on the ceiling that was, stay open. And that was, like always creeped us out because sometimes when we sat under it any of us we could hear things happening so what happened uh one time was when we we were in the car we were driving stuff and we were being like all silly and goofy we were like grandpa get out of the car and because um at the time he was dead Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know this, but I started singing the Pink Panther theme song, and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I knew the show, but I didn't know the, the she, theme song. She also didn't know that that was my dad's favorite cartoon. Oh, I had yeah. kind of forgotten to tell her. Like I told them about yeah. Looney Tunes and stuff. My dad was a big cartoon fan, so yeah, she was being she was acting a lot like he was when he liked to stir tr- cause trouble, like oh, stir up gosh. people. So I yelled for fun. I yelled, get out of my car, Grandpa. And she started laughing. And then she starts singing, like, the P- Pink Panther song. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, how do you know that song? Yeah. And I had, until that moment, I had forgotten about his great love for the Pink Panther cartoon. We, we've discussed, we've, we've had UFOs. We've discussed the paranormal <laughs> side of things. Any Sasquatch stories? <laughs> no. Me and my friend getting lost in... Uh, we got lost in the forest once. And um, this is the only time this has ever happened. And it's a small forest, so like you you can easily get around. And we, we've been around it multiple times. But this is the only time it's ever happened. Where we were walking around and we accidentally got lost. And we came across a small, tiny cabin that with the door open. And it was like... It was super Was it made old. of candy? No, <laughs> it was it was wooden. It was like this uh, the size of like a small shack, and it had like a bed with like some old like rotten sheets, like literally rotten. Mm-hmm. There was like it was super dirty everywhere, and there was like cabinets open with like old dishes and stuff, and like cobwebs and everything. We didn't dare to go in. We looked through the window, but we didn't dare to go in because it was so terrifying. <laughs> and there was like a small stairs and then like we found our way out because my friend had a a, a compass with them and, right. like that's the only time we've ever seen it i've been like super jealous they found like an abandoned cabin they've seen ufos and then like <laughs> yeah and then like around a month later i found an old kettle huh. and i still have it in my room 
it goes back generations, you're saying, mm-hmm. as far as uh, the belief in the paranormal mm-hmm. and psychic abilities and stuff like that in the family as well? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I know that my sister and I have both had dreams where my sister would often dream of people just before they passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my dad's earliest memory is, um, and I, I don't really know if it's psychic as much as paranormal, but he in, he was born in Belgium. And when he was a kid, they had a very large, like their kitchen was in the back and was very large and utilitarian. Um, and that's where they parked their bicycles. And they had an issue that when no one was in the kitchen, they could hear their bicycles like moving around. Mm. So um, his mother called in a psychic. And this was probably like 1940s. And the psychic told them that a certain person was going to visit on a particular day. And when that person visited, not to offer them anything. And in probably in a lot of cultures, but in Belgian culture too, like when you go to visit somebody, like a giant tray of sweets comes out and you have to give them coffee. And like that mm. was what you did when a guest came by. So my grandmother like didn't offer this person anything. They left very perturbed. They were very put off by this because they were not given the usual like treatment that a guest receives. And then the bicycling stopped. Hmm. So that's a story he told me. And then lots when he was little. But I mean, in terms of psychic stuff, my dreams are mostly like I will dream things that will happen. But so far, they've been so like unimportant that (laughs) I don't know if it's just like confirmation. Hey, you can do this. So I dreamt that one night, like I had a friend who has a cottage who was building a bunkie and I had seen the bunkie partially built and it was going to be two stories. And I dreamt one night that the bunkie was one story and on the ceiling there was a giant lotus flower painted. And I told them that the ne- like the next time I saw them. And I said, I dreamt that your bunkie was one story. And she's like, we took down our bunkie and we're just going to make it one story. Because hmm. it was a building no regulation lotus flower, thing. Though. No, no, no lotus flower. But to me, yeah. the lotus flower was symbolic. Like this was a good right. move, right? This would mm-hmm. be an easier, more peaceful route to go. Right. Yeah. And um, it's always full of hints, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I dream a lot in symbolism. So yeah. yeah. So around that time, I dreamt that I had gone to my sister's house and my sister told me they were going to build a building in their backyard. And because it's a dream, it was like two seconds later, it was magically built. And the building was huge. Like I couldn't figure out how they fit it in their backyard. And they're like, this is the office and this is the music room. And like it was giant. And I told my sister about it. And my sister said, we're planning on building a some uh a space in our backyard and it's going to be an office slash music room yeah which isn't done yet but that was like in the plans right like and they hadn't told me and yeah it's like like, i know yeah (laughs) (laughs) also one time when um i was a bit more little i had two porcelain dolls because when my my brother was little he had a porcelain doll and i was like steal it but i would be like way too obvious about it my dad would just come in my room and was like oh you took jack's porcelain doll again and he took it back to my brother i was bad at hiding things (laughs) and yeah so that happened and then i got my own i regret that now um so i i had a little like kind of like a a rocking bench really with a little heart in the middle and i put my porcelain dolls on there on my desk in the middle of the night i just kind of like woke up it wasn't like a dream i do know that i remembered it at the time Mm-hmm. I just don't remember it now. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was the the two dolls were like swinging on it, like swinging on the rocking bench. Mm-hmm. And it had to be like visible. They were going like 
back and forth, and they're like turning their heads like that and stuff, like as if they're like talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. Like my vision was basically like blurry. There were specks everywhere, like I wasn't supposed to see it or something. Mm-hmm. It was like hard to make out, but I could still see it. The dolls got put away after that. It's fabulous to have all these uh, stories that you guys had mm-hmm. and these That's experiences. Great. Yeah. You're not scared anymore, though. Neither one of you. Jax never was. You sort of just accept. I'm, I'm, the only time no, I was I'm probably more scared was when I was slapped in the face in the middle of the night. And, like, I quivered under my my covers until I fell asleep. But, like, that was basically it. I probably would be the same if somebody <laughs> slapped me in the middle of the night. <laughs> Rachel, are you getting I, any uh, good vibes here uh, off of these fine people? It's um, it's funny. I, I think, Jax, you um, absorb a lot of energy. Because I even sitting here, I just feel like it's all being sent to you. Like, <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> um, you've got a lot of white energy with you, so I, th- I don't think you definitely need to worry about the uh, black energies because you've got a lot of protection. I think you can, uh, um, with that white energy, I think there's something down the road there for you in uh, maybe helping others or... Yeah, like helping people with your abilities. Yeah. I think that's what Rachel means. What about for mom here? <laughs> mom, I, I get um, a lot of ancestral energy. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I have had messages from my grandmother, actually, who I've never met. I had a really strong urge to do something last year and I ignored it. It was just to to contact a certain person and it was just like I had a really strong urge to do it and I'm like no not a good time and I ignored it because I was driving and it was like I was in a hurry so I'm not gonna do it and then I actually um so my grandmother was really known for her baking and one of the things she used to make are what we call them Belgian waffles but they are not the Belgian waffles that most people know that are fluffy they're actually quite dense and almost like the texture of like a waffle cone, but a little bit chewier. So I think they, I think they, um, some places market them as Belgian butter waffles or Belgian butter cookies. She used to make them and I was told about them my whole life. So last fall, probably around this time, actually, I had somebody fix my snowblower and I know him and I know his wife. And when he was dropping off my snowblower, he's like, here, my wife made these for you. And they were the Belgian waffles that my grandmother used to make. I've never known anyone else to make these. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool, right? And I Mm -hmm. just brought them inside. And then like three days later, um, I I had a little Facebook chat group with the female cousins on my dad's side of the family. So she would have been all our grandmothers. And one of my cousin texts us and says, hey, do you have grandma's waffle recipe? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, okay, grandma, what yeah. do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. wow. And then like I'm driving down the road and not five minutes later, I have that really strong urge to contact that same person. Yeah, nice. so that's when, when you said ancestral energy. That's what it made me think of, which is weird because I never actually met her. She passed away before I was born. Yeah, I was told um, that it was in my ancestry that I had some karma. That's the person word the person used um, really? to save cats because I had some ancestral energy where I had an ancestor who was not so kind to cats. Oh. And then that year, Jax found three stray cats. Like, probably within a month. First one, I was, like, randomly sitting at the park in my neighborhood. And, like, this cat walks up to me. And, like, I quickly grabbed a can of cat food, fed it, and it followed me home. Mm -hmm. And then, like, just a few days later, I found another one that I had seen on on other occasions. Mm -hmm. That we ended up losing and then coming back. And we gave it to our aunts. 
mm-hmm. like the third one was around like this time last year yeah we have we her kept now. her yeah we kept mm-hmm. her, her she's a black cat and we named her nev which is snow for portuguese which is she's ironic a black cat. because she's a black cat and mm-hmm. she is so sweet we found also, her on the first snow that's why yeah. so that was the cat story i'm now called the cat whisperer <laughs> so it surprised me that all the energy goes towards Jax because Jax is the family extrovert Jax is the one who really gains energy from being around people where brielle and i are the opposite where we gain energy being out on our own by ourselves. Right. Yep, that makes yeah. sense then. Okay. All right. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show and sharing the stories. As I mentioned, that it just really helps other people go, well, I've had that happen. I'm, maybe I'm not crazy. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And it's great that we got some younger ones on here. Yeah, I you're the, the first ones, I believe. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Phantom Faction Podcast. A podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.